Hi, I'm Annie. I'm Benton. We are bent on deconstruction. In this episode, we're going to pick up where we left off. We were talking about how we grew up in the church in very different types of denominations. And then we got to college and we're faced with this smorgasbord of campus ministries. Let's just continue telling our stories. Yes, our testimony, as it were. Oh, testimonies. So if we're talking about how we have become un-Christian or un-evangelical, is that an untestimony? Maybe it's a detestimony? Because you detest your religion? Well, there are definitely parts of my story that I detest, An- but... Anti-testimony? What I want to know from you is how you jumped from the camp counselor lunch table to the emo lunch table. What? Okay, you completely <laughs> forgot. You forgot our little analogy last time about how these different Christian groups kind of represented different cliques in high school. Oh, okay. And you had started out in the Lutheran Center because that's what you were familiar with. Mm-hmm. But then you diverged quite drastically and joined Chi Alpha, which was probably the most charismatic of the campus groups at the time. Mm-hmm. How did you get there? Oh, like all good embarrassing stories, it starts with a girl. When I was in high school, I was in orchestra, and that was one of the only places where you really got to mix together with people from other grades. I should include math classes because, boy, there were, at least early on, there were a lot of uh, just trying to pass folks in my freshman class. Oh, here I thought you were going to say because... You were so genius and brilliant that you were in a class with all the seniors, <laughs> which is I, probably also true. But. I actually heard a story from my mom saying that there was one particular student who was, I think he was two or three years older than me, and he said that he got through his math class by cheating off of me. <gasps> no way! Do you know who it is? <laughs> I remember him. He was very affable, a nice, or, you know. You mean to tell me you didn't, like, do the, the folder trick when you were taking tests? I mean, I... You didn't I guard probably your paper? Try, I probably tried to, and either I wasn't good enough at hiding my answers, or he was just more determined to find them than I was to hide them. Well, you helped him graduate. I guess so. And (laughs) on with his life. I hope he's not doing any jobs that require... Substantial math. Exactly. But we digress. So who was in orchestra with you? So Amy was a year older than me and played a different instrument. After graduating, she went to the same school that I subsequently went to 
being a dork and having no real connection skills. Um, I sent her an email, asked if she would be interested in getting together to chat. And she said that the only thing that she does socially is this thing called Chi Alpha. What? The only thing she does socially? Did she... Okay, were you asking her on a date? Probably. I mean... And was she trying to let you down easy with the, like, I only date Jesus kind of line? Uh, Maybe. Anyway. So she invited me to come to Chi Alpha. I came to Chi Alpha and then realized that, oh, two of the guys on my floor are like leaders in this ministry. I was like, oh, well, I am going to have to keep coming. And it was definitely different from anything that I had experienced before. I mean... Obviously, my experience prior to this had been pretty much exclusively liturgy. Uh, Lutheran liturgy. Very <laughs> prescribed. Prescribed, yes. And it was my first experience of it. I, I thought the music is generally better than the music at the church I grew up at. Because there were guitars at all? There's that. But, I mean, the University Lutheran Center had guitar playing. Oh, right. Worship team. <laughs> Camp. Campfire. Camp style. style. Yeah. Yes. Anyway, I had a positive experience. What is this? <laughs> Is this my cat, or is there a creature invading our home? There we go. People were more expressive in terms of conversation. So did you encounter the girl? I did, and to her credit, she seemed to be politely trying to avoid me. So, attending and getting a sense of community and appreciating some of the expression a little bit, that's one thing. But by the time I met you, you were pretty gung-ho. Is that fair to say? (laughs) So what... By the time you met me, much had happened. Yeah. Okay, so we're talking about pre-me at this point. Pre-you. Pre-me. Yes. What was the bridge from kind of bystander to all in? So it was, I forget when, early in second semester, my freshman year, I started going. The retreat? Was that kind of the turning point? So I went through the semester, um... I I worked at a Lutheran Bible camp in the summer of that year. Got back to school, um, and Chi Alpha had an announcement about 
the fall retreat. I signed up to go. So the the first session, the speaker who was brought in. So he was talking about the the baptism of the Holy Spirit, you know, being filled with the Holy Spirit with evidence of speaking in tongues. Was this the first time you'd even heard of speaking in tongues? Yes. That must have been so weird. So I was like, yeah, I'll do that. And so I went up for the altar call. The wrong altar call first. I went up for the receive Jesus one because I didn't want to miss. Ah. I didn't want to miss the one that I wanted to go to. Because you... going up for altar calls is something that I also hadn't been, you yeah, know. Yeah, it's a, it's a weird, like, Christian cultural thing, honestly. Yes, and it's completely absent from any of my experience. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. And for me, the altar call thing, I had been familiar with since I was a young child, and I always hated it because, like I said last time, there was that sense of coercion, mm-hmm. like either of peer pressure or if you feel like you really don't want to go up, then that's the Holy Spirit nudging you to fight against your own sinful hmm. desires or whatever, like all all this bullshit. Yep. So you realized you went up for the wrong kind of prayer? <laughs> So did you go through with the prayer, or did you not realize until you were being prayed over that you had gone up for the wrong altar call? I think that it was probably the latter. You know, I didn't want to make a scene by being like, oh, oh, that is, that's I'm not already me really. saved. I'm already saved, bud. Back off. But hey, so... you doubly ensured your salvation. Or rather, did you feel like... Maybe you hadn't been officially a Christian at that point? At that point, I didn't doubt my Christianity. I wasn't asshole confident in my faith, but I was just like, well, yeah, I'm a Christian. I go to church. Because mm. so, I know that in some groups we've been a part of, there there is that sense that we're the ones who've got it figured out. We alone know what true salvation means, right? Right. But it, and you, you I mean, it's pretty normal to want that too, you know? Like, if you're doing this whole faith thing, you want to know you're doing it right. And exactly, especially considering the amount of commitment involved. Uh-huh. So, like, the, the more you commit, the more you have to justify that level of commitment by just digging in. When the the preacher said that, um, all right, you can go sit down now. I was like, no, I want to be up here for this one, too. <laughs> and Super he, remar- he remarked on, isn't that great? <laughs> and, you know, I was... I was only a little bit aware of how demeaning it was. Oh, no. <laughs> like, isn't it great? 
This guy is just on a roll. He just accepted Jesus Christ, and now he's going and to receive the... he wants the whole thing. <laughs> the whole package. <sighs> That's not really what's going on here. Yeah. <laughs> but it makes a great testimony. <laughs> right? <laughs> so, did you speak in tongues? What happened? Yes, it happened. For anyone who has not experienced the altar call for tongues... <laughs> It's interesting. It's, um, you know, there's there's definitely a piece of anxiety that drives it. Because, you know, doing something you've never done before and you don't know how to do in front of people that you've never met before. And even though nobody says this is required for salvation or anything, there is that pressure of why would God give this gift to some people and not others? If it's not me, what's wrong with me? In Chi Alpha, like the, uh, you know, speaking in tongues was not something that was like at the forefront. It was more like, you want some secret sauce? Yeah? You want You want the good stuff? We got the good stuff back here. Oh, so it was like, this is a bonus. But this is not anything yes, this linked is, with salvation or devoutness or whatever. This will give you that Christian superhero cape. Ooh. And boy, did I wear that motherfucker to the ground. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. Oh, the cape. Yep. So let's, let's talk about the experience of speaking in tongues. Because this is one of those things that I don't fully have an explanation for on the other side of Christianity. That's not to say that I think well, it was truly the Holy Spirit, I, but I do want to know what happens at sort of a psychological level that gets people babbling effusively in front of other people. I'm not going to lie, there's a sense of euphoria that oh, yeah. has accompanied it for me. What's going yep. on? Like, why so... does this happen? You know, the, the altar call starts and then you start hearing all this strange non-English, non-other languages I've overheard things going on. And so that kind of gives you the cue of what it's like. Um, but then also the person praying in English for you is they tee you up. They, they tell you, okay, I'm going to tell you what's going to happen. And, like, they, they set the expectation in your mind of, like, okay, I'm going to open my mouth and words are going to come out of my belly, come out of my... Yeah. The deep places of me. Bark out of your belly. Bark out of your belly. Bark now. Bark. Oh, uh, that's a good one. Um, If I was looking at it... Looking at the experience from a, this is hogwash uh, perspective, I'd say that, you know, the recipient is, they're first of all willing. You know, they went to the exactly. altar call. They want this. They want it to happen. You know, I. They have ideas about what it's like. Um, I think it's not unlike hypnosis in that. A hypnotist hmm. is never going to 
pick someone to hypnotize who is against it or who does not want to be hypnotized. Right. Because it's not going to work. It has to be someone who is open to it or who, who wants it. Mm-hmm. And so that that's that first hurdle crossed then is that, mm-hmm. you know, people who aren't going to go for that or self-select out. Mm-hmm. I think there's definitely the group dynamic element, right? Yes. Not, so... not peer pressure so much as just like being in an environment where, oh, suddenly this is a normal thing mm-hmm. and people I admire and respect are doing this thing and this person praying for me. Is giving me a step by step. Right. And again, looking at it as an outsider, that could be interpreted as manipulative. I mean, Mm -hmm. for sure. I don't think anyone doing that praying thought of themselves as being manipulative, but it's a way of, like you said, teeing someone up Mm -hmm. and kind of creating the performance, if you will. Right. So they gave a teaser, you know, about like speaking in tongues. And I think that the... The speaker we serve the may secret have. sauce at the retreat. Yes. Um, and I had already decided I was going, so I was like, oh, it got the wheels turning. So I was thinking about what it would be like. What would it be like if I was speaking in a different language? What would it sound like? Except it's not a different language. You know? Like, did you think it was a different language? One that you just didn't know what it was? Yeah, so, like, uh, what, I feel like there is a passage that talks about speaking in the, in the tongues of angels and men. So when I was fully within the speaking in tongues camp, I figured that, sure, some people who have, like, the, the super repetitive tongue are, yeah, They've they've got a co 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 co. They're faking it. But um, you know, I I, if it seems like there's the same sort of um, cadence of language, it it is a language. You know, it is a a language of either reality or of Hmm. Not reality. Supernatural. Super, thank you. Supernatural language. Like, a, you know, a language that is not spoken on earth. Because it's a language of angels, like that passage says. I have heard anecdotes here and there, which anecdotes are not data. But I have heard anecdotes of people being understood when speaking in tongues, you know, being oh, by understood someone who speaks a different language. in a different language. Yeah, I remember hearing that too. And it, it seems so cool. It's right. Mm-hmm. Like, of course you want to latch on to that because that's miraculous mm-hmm. and that's special. But what, what explains the euphoria aspect of it? Because have you felt that as well? Or was that just me? Every single time? Because I've got a really long cape. Oh, yeah? No. The first time, and then after that, I did 
regularly pray in tongues to my or by myself, I should say. On your own. And it was not dramatic in those moments in the way that it was in a group, but of course, I could still do it. Mm-hmm. And it felt like, frankly, it was easier than having to come up with actual thoughts to say. Mm-hmm. Um, and Just it kind of let your mind wander. And it about. felt more like it must be more effective. That's exactly the word I was thinking. Effective. Uh, yeah, because my limited words are not good enough. They're I'm not just a they're vessel. not as good as my Yeah. I'm just a vessel for whatever the Holy Spirit wants to pray through me. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Oh, this is so weird. Oh, this is one of those cringe moments. Yeah. That well, we were into this. I mean, some people juggle geese. Indeed. So, you prayed in tongues. Mm-hmm. Did that kind of mark a transition for you then? Yes. That was definitely life-changing. I mean, it didn't change every part of my life, but it very dramatically changed the trajectory that my life would take. And was this also the same retreat at which you got baptist or baptist baptized no i should say rebaptized rebaptized yeah that was the spring retreat they went to a place where there was a pool so easy mode right <laughs> but because my cape is longer than yours i got rebaptized in a lake mm. i got rebaptized in a lake there was like seaweed Mm. And rocks. That's right. The sand and the slimy plant life makes it holier. And fish. Jesus fish. Oh, Jesus fish. So baptized in the spring. Was that also a transition or was it more like a confirmation of... That was a I'm... confirmation. Okay. okay. Of like, yes, this is real. I know that the Chi Alpha folks were not hostile to the idea of infant baptism but I think that it was more of my own personal sense of, you know, like a clean break from what was ah. in my faith life. Like, not that it was without value, but that um, I am embracing the real now as opposed to what I was born into. Hmm, yeah. Ah, and so I should also bring up that, like, one of the songs that... Okay, little bit of history. So a friend of mine from high school was musically inclined and was a part of this band called Aflame. Because they were on fire for the Lord. Oh, they were. And And the end result of your complete and total immolation is minor bruises and swelling. Minor redness and swelling. Thank you, MSG3K, for that line. Hobgoblins. Hobgoblins. That's what it was. Yep. Check Sorry. it out, folks. Go ahead. So, my senior year in high school, my friend invited me to come see uh, his band play at an outdoor event. It was actually in a tent that was... It was like a circus tent. It was like a circus tent. It was a circus tent. Okay, it was. Didn't they dress up as clowns at one point? But we can. 
Jumping the gun. I Sorry, sorry. It just seemed <laughs> like a fitting moment. Yes, they were fools for Christ. And it was... Uh, they did some quasi-Christian-ish songs that uh, were mainstream, but they also did a, a number of worship songs. This was, this was, you know, pre-Chi Alpha. This was straight out of the Lutheran church. Um... So I was I didn't recognize it as a worship service. It was a it was a band playing. <laughs> and they were decent. in my mind. And they were they were pretty good. There were a number of folks who were in the crowd who were, you know, standing up and jumping and dancing and like I really enjoyed dancing. And so non-religiously, I, non-religiously, like school like dances, school, da- yes, yeah, school dances. What was that thing you went to, like teen night at the bar? Yeah, there was, was so cute. There was a local bar that had a teen dance night. So at this tent meeting, that I thought was a concert, they played a song that, you know, like a year and change later the worship team at the Chi Alpha Fall Retreat played and instantly I was like brought back to that moment. What song was it? I Will Not Be Silent. So I remember after the Aflame experience, first one, I remember, man, I... I liked it, but I I just don't know if I don't know if I could do that. Do that as in as in worship God and like jumping around and dancing and oh, like so you didn't do dance, the you didn't dance at the concert slash I, I did oh I did but, but I just you didn't, didn't realize that you were dancing for the Lord. You do that at concerts, just I mean, it definitely wasn't worship on my part. Not yet. Not yet, foreshadowing. And then, one of the songs they played came up at the Kaiafa Fall Retreat, and I was like, oh yeah, I bet these guys are just like those guys, and made the connection. So I was like, I'm going to go there, and got connected, and the rest was, you know, years of history. So, Aflame was not a freestanding band, was it? They were like the worship team for this church? Is that right? So, I think that it started out as a youth group worship band at a freestanding church of some sort in the area. And then, I think from there, it grew into a house church which grew into... Which went by the same name. Which went by the same name, which grew into a bigger house church. Which grew into its own building. Which grew into its own building, and that's where it is now, I think. And and this was like a two-hour drive for you at this point, wasn't it? Hour and a half. From your college town out to this extremely tiny rural midwestern town Mm -hmm. but the thing that's so weird about it is that they were also like gorgeous and fashionable and talented 
Some of them were. Okay. <laughs> I need to scrap this whole thing because the implication is that small towns are full of people Ugly who people. are the opposite of yeah. gorgeous and talented. But it, I guess what I mean is for there to be that much of a concentration of people like this in such a small town, it was out of the norm. Mm-hmm. And I am to this day curious about how many people moved to this area just to be part of this church. A number. Yeah. And that's that's part of what gave it, in my mind, kind of its culty flavor. Mm. Um, that it was not just being part of a church. It was a lifestyle. You were starting to don not only the cape, but the Superman underwear. On the outside. Right, the, the Just red. like super, Superman. Yep. yep. Um, nearly had your getup complete, right? Is there anything you want to fill in, fill in the blanks there before we get to the point at which we met? So I think that there is an interesting interlude. It was actually right after the Chi Alpha Fall Retreat. So not only was I going to Chi Alpha, going to the University Lutheran Center, I was also going to a CBF. Christian Bible Fellowship? Christian Bible Fellowship. Um, you were all in. Bible study. I was, I was spending less time on my studies than I should have. <laughs> like, I was, you know, I was experimenting, checking out the uh, Bible bar, the, so the, to speak. The phase two of your faith journey. Yeah. And uh, so I told the leader, who's from um, a Baptist church, I told him about my experience and... Speaking in tongues? Speaking in tongues. And he was not on board. Whoa. In a serious way. What? Yeah. So what he said is that, you know, in, I think it's First Corinthians 13, all about love. Love is perfect, love is kind, yada, yada. So at the end of that, uh, there's a verse that said, we, you know, written by Paul, now we see dimly as if through a, fog, a foggy glass, but then we will see perfectly as though we're face to face. Some, something like that. I'm really surprised I'm pulling this out. <laughs> and so he said that that was referring to the... Wild and crazy gifts in the book of Acts. The Bible had not been completed yet, and so they needed these gifts of prophecy. And this and the end speaking in tongues for building the church and so on. But, but now that we have the Bible... But now we that can... we have the canon oh, of the Bible, weird. the gifts of, you know, like there's the, the fruits of the Spirit, they're still there, but... The gifts of the Spirit in terms of, like, prophecy, like, that is sealed up or something of that sort. And so, because of that, he, I don't know if he said it ex explicitly or implied it, but he said that my experience may have been either emotional or the devil. Ugh. Which was a super shitty thing to say. Was this a student leader, or was it a pastor? Like, how old I was think, this person? Well, he was older than me. 
I think that he was like a grad student. I don't know. That's just such a weirdly but, specific interpretation. How would you even know that that's what that's referring to? And the reason that he would know is that, you know, he had a tract or something. Someone told him that that's what that means. And he was like, aha, now I know what to say to those crazies. By this point, I am hugely leery of speaking in tongues. But mm-hmm. that's, that is really shitty to say that as a Christian to another Christian. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, at least he didn't tell you that the devil had inhabited your jewelry. But <laughs> so what did that do for you? Did it, did it? Oh my gosh. I was, or did it, I create... was, I was in a tough place oh, after no. that. Like I didn't go to class for a week. <gasps> Are you serious? I, I had, I had, yeah, I'm serious. I didn't go to class for a week. It like, it seriously messed up my course schedule because I had to drop like half my classes because I was dealing with existential sort of things yeah. and I couldn't really focus on coursework in your major. I couldn't focus on the coursework in my major. Like I was gimping along with a few classes. I know I overheard my roommate at the time, like remark later when he didn't think I was hearing that, man, this guy is just weird. Like stay, you know, I, I had bad sleep schedule just like you know trying to work through who was who was lying you know oh my gosh i did not know that you went through this i had actually gone in and started before like because of how hard the workload my major was i went in and got antidepressants after the baptism of the spirit i thought (laughs) I've never been so happy. I don't need this stuff. Oh my gosh. Like it it hadn't started working yet. Oh, you had just started. I had it. just started it. It hadn't ramped up yep. in my system. Yep. So I was just like, yeah, I'll just wean myself back off. I'll be fine. Jesus is my antidepressant. Yeah. And then CBF guy, you know, pooped in my brownie bowl. That was that was definitely one of the darker times in my life. not sure who I can trust. Yes. About things like eternity and spirituality. And theoretically, these are all people... On the same side. Exactly. Like, under the same umbrella. Uh Uh-huh. And so, to have that... I'm sorry you went through that. Thank you. I really am. I really am. I I had a sense of, like christian infighting like i had a sense that it goes on but experiencing it the the full force of it personally and both parties being very certain in their own mm -hmm, positions exactly i was just like i don't have words i didn't have words yeah this one team puts this other team in question and likewise because Mm -hmm. You know, it's just a he said, he said, and (sighs) I was in a right state for a while. Huh. So what got you feeling stable again? 
just kind of riding it out. You you picked a team ultimately. Right? I did. I did eventually pick Team Chi Alpha. I don't know that I could say what my thought process was in it, but um, you know, I I certainly had more connection to the Chi Alpha guys because I'd see them in the dorm yeah. and seeing them living authentically, which I just used that word. Oh, I'm sorry. No, no. <laughs> I use I use the A word. Doing life together. That's even worse. Oh. Life on you life. Are, uh, blah. That sounds naughty. <laughs> so I scaled back my classes. I spent some time like just like looking at the literature from both sides to be like, okay, what what's right? Which which one of these are in error? And, um, Spoiler alert, both. Hmm. Yes. I, I was able to figure out, like, okay, CBF guy's argument here. The crux of it is around a very flimsy... Like, the crux of the argument was, like, the word seems. This is definitely the weaker argument. <laughs> Well, I respect you for sitting with it and looking into it and Thanks. So you, you rode that you rode that out. Did you continue to feel depressed? Did you ever get back on the meds? No. Okay, so that happened before I went back to an aflame thing. And so I started doing that and the whole sense of Jesus is my victory. Um, I have freedom in Christ. I have freedom, freedom in Christ. I would actually like to do a deeper dive on the topic of depression mm -hmm. and Christianity. But, so what was your family thinking at this point? Did they realize you were... I know that the next time I went home, I talked about my experience at the retreat i think that was before the cbf cbf bomb was dropped cat I butt can't... face that's what it, that's <laughs> <laughs> yes the cat butt faced bomb was dropped you know I, I told them about what god did in my life and i know that my mom had said something like well i don't know why God would do that in your life, but I'm glad for you. And so they were kind of aloofly supportive in that. Right. Sort um, of a, if you're happy, I'm happy. Sure. Exactly. That's it. I was just like, it was wild. And I, and I wasn't sharing with the purpose of like, now you're going to do it too. And I'm going to... I want to pray you through it. Right. <laughs> Jeez. Um, once I had some, some settling in my life, then I was, I was working on growing out my cape and. Enter me. Eventually enter you. <laughs> oh my gosh. You I went there. Get you. your mind out of the gutter. <laughs> oh, I didn't mean to go there. <laughs> Oh my gosh. 
<laughs> wow. Okay. I started it. Yes. Let's take a break. When we pick up, I'll talk about what was going on with me at the time. Because I also was going through an existential crisis. Ooh. And honestly, I feel closer to you now that I know that you had a moment like that. Oh. Because I didn't know I didn't ever know that about you. Like you seemed so sure of yourself. Well, yeah. I mean, I, I had to figure it out, and then I did. So I was done. Yeah. Huh. All right. Well. Well. Thanks for sharing. You are welcome. Let's talk more later. All right. <laughs> 